Hello and welcome to The Muppets, the sitcom, the podcast, presented by ToughPicks.com. This is the podcast where we revisit The Muppets' grand return to television in the 2015 ABC series The Muppets and see how it holds up five years later. You can follow along with this series by revisiting The Muppets 2, now streaming on Disney+. I'm Joe Hennis, your host for today's show, and our very special guest is one of our senior writers over on ToughPigs.com, and our resident expert on all things poetry and Gonzo the Great and many other things. Please introduce yourself, guest. Hi, uh, it's Julia Gaskill. Um, I like the sound of senior Tough Pigs writer. I guess I have been doing it for a while at this point. Um, you have been, yeah, for sure. You're you're one of you're one of the the old timers now. Oh gosh, been yeah. For so long. It's been about ten years, maybe not quite, but like we're we're getting there. Um, yeah, I've been with Tough Pigs for a while. Uh, I do know a lot about poetry and Gonzo, so right on the mark. <laughs> I, I kind of, like, made up, like, these are two things that you are definitely, like, whenever there's anything poetry-related or gonzo-related, I feel like, well, we have to loop Julia in. She's our she's our expert. There's probably, like, two or three other things, too, but those were the ones at the top of the list. I feel like when it comes to, like, Muppets, like, certainly, I mean, I feel like anything I write for, maybe not anything, but every other thing for, that I write for Tough Pigs, I mention how much I love gonzo, so that's on point. And then I feel like I'm probably also the only current or past Tough Pigs writer that has shared poetry on the on the site before so you know there is one other that comes to mind he's not one of our regular writers but our very good friend david bukema who's an old tough pigs forum oh. member he wrote years ago he wrote a series of haikus Ooh. one for each episode of the Muppet that's Show. oh my gosh that's amazing which I, I know him but not super well so and i think we kind of maybe were like passing passing ships where he was on the forums and then i i came up after he wasn't on it quite as frequently so maybe i need to message him and be like hey show me some of these muppet haiku yeah, yeah. well we'll we'll link to that in the show notes and stuff because they're they're really great they hold up really well um but uh today we're not talking about uh the muppet show we're talking about the other muppet sure. show the muppets from 2015. Um, this week, we are looking at episode eight, Going Going Gonzo, in which Gonzo reignites his love for daredevilism, Miss Piggy goes into the bottled water business, and Scooter almost gets his ear pierced. So, what a roller coaster ride we're in for here. A lot of different things, and that pretty much <laughs> sums it all up. Um, my first question for you, uh, before we get into the episode itself, is uh, did you watch this show, The Muppets, five years ago? And if so, what was your opinion of it at the time? Um, my opinion on the entire show or kind of like with this episode, where was I at with the show or just general? I mean, either one. It's up to you. I mean, answer however you want. So I will, it's our show. We I don't care. I will be quite honest. I haven't watched it since it aired and got canceled. And I was, I was watching the episodes, I think, twice when they were coming out. I would watch them the morning of, like, the following day. And then I would watch it again later that day with my partner when I'd get home from work. Um, I, he would want me to wait for him, but I'd be like, you have to understand, I need to watch these episodes, you need to wait, and then we'll watch them later, I promise. Um, but it's been a long time since I've watched the show in general. This is, I think, the first time I've watched it since it went off the air. But I do remember very much enjoying it. I think it's very much like um, any other show uh, where, like, early on I was like, it feels almost there, but it's not quite. But I do remember, like, by the, the time the show was wrapping up, I was like, oh, they've, like, figured out a lot of things, and it's got so much potential, which is why it was, like, extra devastating that it got canceled, that they didn't really give it a chance to kind of learn and grow. But overall, I have a lot of positive memories associated with it. Um, I thought that it was a smart 
idea for the Muppets because they've tried so many different things over the years. And I thought that it really honestly worked. It like it played to their their comedy with the talking heads and also like still was they were able to like figure out a lot of physical gags and bring in a lot of like great guest stars. I thought that like the working of the guest stars was pretty smart by giving Piggy her own talk show. Um and I yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that it worked really well to the Muppet strengths, but um then it got taken away and we didn't get to see where where it would go. Um yeah. <laughs> I mean the funny thing is, is that when you say that you watched it twice, you know, when it came out, it's like already like coming into this podcast, you've already watched this show way more than I have. Oh. Because, because like, even though like neither of us have watched it, I mean, that, that's the point is like, neither of us have watched it since it originally came out. And like, for me, I watched those episodes right off the bat. If I was writing a review of the episode, maybe I'd watch it a second mm-hmm. time um, to like, you know, write down quotes and things like that. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it again afterward I've never really thought about revisiting I mean we've talked about this before here on this show but like that's the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast was because like I haven't like I feel like it's a Muppet thing that you know we were jazzed about at some point so I should probably watch it a second time at some point yeah you know so um let's talk about the episode itself um the very first thing we see I really want to make sure we're talking heavily about piggy water oh my god I mean So I I said that, like, I have really, like, positive, like, memories of this show. I will say, like, I don't know if it's really the show, but more, like, just modern-day Piggy I have, like, issues with, which, like, it even carried on to, like, Muppets Now. Um, Yeah, I did remember the Piggy Water for whatever reason. Like, I didn't remember that it was in this episode, but I remembered Piggy Water was a part of the show at some point. So when it popped up right away, I was like, oh, cool, I get to revisit this, I guess. Well, what's funny is, like, I think the concept of Piggy, Piggy, Piggy Water is hysterical. Um, just, just to remind people who maybe haven't watched the episode or aren't watching along with us. So Piggy Water is, Miss Piggy is, like, like starting a new business. Um, she tried previously to have a body soap venture, um, but it didn't work out. She said, I don't know why people didn't want to buy hogwash, which is kind of a funny line. It's pretty good. Um, that seems like a very Muppet Show line. That's very, like like punny like, yeah wink, wink, you can imagine her saying it on the Muppet show and then like followed by the laugh track yeah exactly uh and maybe like she looks directly in the camera yeah <laughs> um so uh the bottle comes with like when you open up the cap it's got a little bit of lipstick lipstick on the rim as if Miss Piggy already took a sip from it uh it has 30 grams of fat uh it. Uh, Kermit later says in the episode that it may not fit in the category of water at all. The FDA categorized it as sauce. <laughs> and, like, also at the end, like, Gonzo, like, when he's in it, like, says that it, like, tastes super buttery or something. Yeah, well, that's also, that's the tagline. Yeah, says. that's right. It's, it's buttery good. <laughs> uh, the thing that, like, kind of stood out to me, and I'm saying this, you know, knowing, like, thinking a lot about what's going on in politics these days um, I don't know when this episode is going to land, but like we are record, we're recording this basically the day that that it's been announced that Joe Biden has won the presidency. So we're yeah. we're been talking a lot about politics, especially the past few days, and um, just like Miss Piggy talking about like the, the hogwash thing and now the water. For some reason, it's feeling very like Trump stakes in Trump University to me. Is that just me, or am I just like projecting current events onto this? No, it, it does definitely have that feel. This. This show came out in 2015, right? Yes, 2015. Yeah, so I don't know if that was in the minds of the writers at the time, but it does have, like, yeah, the the feel of a certain 
politician we've had to deal with for for years and years now and like all of his previous endeavors of being like here's my college here's my stakes and like it's all just you know not good products secretly not even right. not well, even so when, secretly right when you're just you know a reality tv show star and you know stop trying to go into business right yeah and just like putting your name on like on anything even when it's not yeah. great right uh, so next to where Kermit and Piggy are having their initial conversation about Piggy Water, we see uh, already our very first celebrity of this episode. Uh, it's Mr. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. everybody. Yes. Uh, who, who can do anything, apparently. Like, he could sing. He could dance. He could tell jokes. He's a good actor. He was a child star. Now he's an adult star. Like, this guy is, you know, he's a tap-dancing fool. He's great. I love him on this show. I mean, like, him doing the duet with Piggy is great, but then, like, his follow-up scene where he's playing poker with the Muppets and, like, he, he yes. bluffs his way into getting all of their Muppet money is... Oh, my God, that's such a funny line. We'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah. I do love... He's, <laughs> so he's playing poker with them, and then he says... Uh, he, like, he kind of, like, bluffs them like like he's a ringer. Like, he makes them think that he's he's a bad poker player. And, uh, and uh, I can't remember if it's Rizzo or Pepe. They're like... Like, how did you do that? He says it's it's through acting. Uh, and then he says, give me your Muppet money. And he shoves the chips in his pockets and runs away. Uh, that's good stuff. It's really good. That feels like stuff that he like kind of came up with on the day of. I think I so. I've, I've talked about it before in the past, but I always feel like you can tell when somebody who's in a scene with the Muppets is genuinely having a good time. And he definitely does seem that way. Yeah. yeah, and I think a big part of that, too, is, like, he has a long history of working with the Muppets. Um, so back in 2013, he appeared on Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. He got to present the word of the day uh, with uh, Murray. The word was reinforce, in case you were curious. Uh, the same year, he appeared in a segment with Kermit the Frog in Lady Gaga and the Muppets Holiday Spectacular, everyone's favorite special. I don't know, Just kidding, I don't know if I've ever watched that one, like, oh, to man, be quite so honest. Oh, man, you're so you're so lucky. I will say, like, there's some. I, I personally think that there's a couple of moments in that special that are pretty good, but as a special, it's so, it's so painful. I, just skip it. I don't. don't I it. don't know. It's possible I did watch it and I've just like suppressed all of the memories of it. That seems likely. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, just last year, uh, he hosted Sesame Street's 50th anniversary celebration, Ooh. Uh, the big 50th anniversary special. He was right there on the street. It was pretty fun. Um, he uh, the same year he was also one of the presenters as Sesame Street was inducted into the Kennedy Center Honor. Oh my God, I can't say words. <laughs> Kennedy Center Honors. <laughs> See, I'm not an actor. I'm not. I'm not as good as Joseph. You didn't play young Bruce Willis. Acting I didn't. <laughs> he <Looper>. did. Um, <laughs> or uh, and he has one more Muppet credit, which I think most people will forget, and that's back in 2015. It was announced that he was going to star in the Fraggle Rock movie. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I completely forgot about that. I forgot yeah. that that Fraggle Rock movie was quote unquote going to happen with JGL. Well, it's not now. Well, of course, I mean, it's that not was a long now. Time ago. I mean, how many what times have we said said there was going to be a Fraggle Rock movie? So I know, right? That, but we could do a whole podcast series just on like a serial style podcast series, like investigating the mystery of what happened to the Fraggle Rock movie. Deep dives. Yeah, oh, I kind of want to do that. That would be pretty sweet. Um, yeah, and then the other like it's not it's a little bit off the beat, but when I think of JGL and Muppets, there was a video I think it's still on YouTube of him performing at like 
I don't know what kind of show it was, like if it was an open mic or something, but he's playing the guitar and he sings the song, I Don't Want to Live on the Moon. That's right. Which, like, I forgot about he that. talks about his ties of how he like connects that song to like his brother who passed away. And then, yeah, he sings his own rendition of it. And I mean, I have a tattoo of that song. And so I always think of, of him speaking about what that song means to him. Um, which it means different things for me, but it, it was still like a pretty cool video that I, I'm pretty sure it is still on YouTube. Cause I think I made my boyfriend watch it with me. Well, good memory. I completely forgot about that. Um, wow. That's yeah. I mean, that's the kind of thing too, where you see a celebrity do something like that and you go, Oh, he's a real fan. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just like, Oh yeah. Working with puppets. That sounds dope. No, it's like, he knows, he knows his stuff. He obviously learned the song. He wanted to perform it publicly. It means something to him. Yeah. Like that, that actually really makes me feel strongly that like he's the right guy to be involved with, you know, all three of the big Muppet franchises, if we're counting Fraggle Rock in that. <laughs> Oof, maybe. I mean, never say never. What if like that's, we get out of this awful year that we've been in and then next year we find out that they've already started production on a Fraggle Rock movie starring JGL. Oh. It would be so good. Probably not, because they're going to start production on the Fraggle Rock TV show soon. Oh, remember? yeah. Oh. Yeah, for Apple TV. Uh, that's oh. So maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt will appear on that, and then they'll say, well, your contract is fulfilled. I'm gonna, and that's enough. I'm going to have to cave and get Apple TV when that comes out. It's like You're going to have to cave it's like the, for Fraggle Rock? The one streaming platform that I don't have. Like I've got all of the other ones, and then they re- – no, I guess we don't have Prime yet either. Although a roommate, I think, has it, and that's how we've watched a couple shows. It's there's so many streaming platforms, and I'm like, I can't get another one. But I th- it's too much. They'll they'll make something like Fraggle Rock or something else that will make me cave. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is like when you have, you know, Fraggles on Apple TV, and we for a minute there we had Dark Crystal on Netflix, oh. we had all the Muppet stuff and the Henson stuff over on Disney Plus, and it's just like. You know, you're adding more and more and more on there, and eventually it's like you can have Muppet stuff on every on every platform. Um, oh gosh, and then like we got HBO Max has like Sesame Street and and uh, Elmo's Not Too Late show, mm-hmm. which is terrific. I mean, yeah, and then like you're paying a monthly fee for each of those just because we want Muppets and we want our Muppet stuff. <laughs> Remember the days when like they could just release a DVD and you buy it once and then it's done? I, yeah, I miss those days. <laughs> it was so much simpler then. Well, uh, so Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing a scene with Miss Piggy, and uh, she asks him, uh, she says he used to be a child actor, Uh, why did you give it up? Which, (laughs) I kind of feel like, he he answered the question saying, well, I grew up, but I kind of feel like I wish that they had just left it there, because it's such a good, like, Piggy just doesn't get it type of joke that doesn't make her seem stupid, but it kind of fits with her personality. Like, she's just oblivious. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They sing uh, the song Fly Me to the Moon, which uh, also has some Muppet history. Um, back in 1965, Rolf the Dog sang that song on the Jimmy Dean Show. Ooh. And uh, I think a lot of people will remember back in 1997, Tony Bennett sang a parody of the song called Slimy to the Moon, When Slimy Went to the Moon. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the weird thing, though, like you said, he's a he's a good singer. Like he's he's a very talented, you know, Hollywood person. 
Um, but it's weird that like he's he's definitely lip syncing in this, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they wouldn't normally have him singing live. But it's so he's not a very good lip syncer, so like it, do, it looks a little fake to me. Yeah, I definitely like clocked that as well. Which I know you know like it is him actually singing, and so I gave him a little bit of credit. But there is like a certain talent to be able like people who can lip sync well they're very good at it and i really do appreciate mm-hmm. when you do when you do see that that's true that's true well maybe maybe next time he'll <laughs> he'll nail it but this time it was a little obvious and maybe it would have been obvious too if or more obvious to people if we had actually seen him and piggy like just sing the song straight through like they would have necessarily possibly done on the muppet show mm-hmm. um, but instead we end up cutting back and forth between what's on stage and the chaos backstage which is kind of how our story starts because Sweetums is supposed to cue the the like a fake moon on a on a rope, and he seems like he's got a cold. He sneezed and he broke his headset. Um, he sneezes again, and Gonzo somehow gets tied up in the ropes, and he goes like flying in the air, and he's like bouncing around in the lighting grid and stuff, and. Um, like he hits a hot light and he burns himself and he falls down onto the craft services table, um, and it, like in good, it's a good Gonzo moment where he sits up and he goes, "That was awesome." Um, so first of all, I want to ask you about that as as our resident <laughs> Gonzo expert. How did you feel about that that moment for Gonzo? It felt pretty good, just especially because we haven't gotten to see him be the daredevil he once was on the Muppet show for quite a while. Um, it's, I, I want to say like, maybe I guess like Muppets from space. He, he got it. Well, maybe not even that. I feel like it was like Muppet treasure Island where he did like a lot of like when he gets stretched out and like is throwing starfish at one point, you know, a lot more like kind of crazy daring things. And so it's been, it's been a hot second. And this episode has a good feel to me throughout because it is very much like Gonzo getting to kind of relive his glory days and remember like what it was about doing these like death-defying stunts that he really enjoyed. And I think him like going up into the rafters like it's very obviously like at times like green screen and whatnot, but it looks pretty good and it's it's a good intro and it's a whole lot of fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I made some notes here myself about how great the puppetry is Mm -hmm. because it's, it's that mix of like the, they're not just throwing the puppet around. Yeah. Like someone's hand is, is in there. Someone's controlling the arms and legs, even though they're flailing and, and you know, the CG is actually pretty good of how they deleted the performer. It really looks like Gonzo is like flying around and like, you kind of forget after a minute that, that there is, you know, a human being controlling that puppet, uh, which I think is really the, you know, that's the, the clincher when you know it's good puppetry. Um, and it's interesting, too, you know, we're talking about, you know, this idea that Gonzo is going back to his roots. And I wonder that, I mean, that's got to be what the writer's room was thinking, you know, that the, the show was getting a little bit too grounded. And now we're at a point where, like, people want to see Gonzo be Gonzo. And people want to see the Muppets be Muppets. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do that through this story. I don't know if that's intentional. I would assume so. But um... probably I also wonder and you maybe can answer this for me because you've you have been going through the episodes at this point, whereas, you know, I maybe watched the episodes more than once when they were coming out. But this is the only episode I've seen in so long. Um, I wrote the review for Going Going Gonzo back when it aired and I reread it this morning and I seemed to um, talk a little bit about how Gonzo's not used very much in like the first um, 
what seven episodes like he has i mentioned that he has a b plot with like liam hemsworth but is he prominent in any of the other episodes not in this way he Mm. he'll have another storyline or two before the series is over after this but but no the liam hemsworth uh episode where he's trying to go on on an internet date like which is such a dud of a storyline but but yes that was that was a b plot that was focused on gonzo um and that that as far as i know is it um yeah besides like the the one-liners and occasionally he'd pop in for for some and that's the problem i mean my my own you know personal uh uh you know viewpoint on how gonzo has evolved especially over the last couple of decades is you know going back to um you know his muppet christmas carol to muppet treasure island to i don't know muppet classic theater like all that you know uh, through muppets tonight um like those days gonzo kind of started shifting from being like this weird artist to being the daredevil to just being like the weirdest possible person Mm -hmm. and now especially that dave goals is starting to get older he's gone from just being a weird person to sorry being this weird like creature to being a weird person so now when we see him in a show like this it's like yeah he'll say some odd things like kind of like you know the weird guy you know in the office but not nearly as weird as you know I, i always go to the example of like the guy who's gonna um, you know, play the flight of the bumblebee while eating a rubber tire while tap dancing in tapioca, mm-hmm. you know, in the name of, of art. Like, we've gone so far from there to where he's just some guy. Yeah, and I certainly have wondered, like, especially with, with this show and everything we've seen since, if it, it does maybe have to do a little bit with Dave Gold's getting a bit up there and, you know, um, prioritizing some of the younger performers, um, for for various reasons but yeah and i i definitely have noticed over the years that he yeah doesn't do as many stunts and it's more comes off in his personality and things that he says like he'll just like throw out a one-liner about like you know something weird with with chickens or food or something um and so i do i wonder if like in doing a show that is set in an office setting where the writers were like well you know this is so not what gonzo was about when he first started out and if like it, it makes a lot of sense that they would want him to like have a moment where he's like, oh yeah, this isn't what I used to be about. I used to be about, you know, hitting a rock and yelling art, or as you said, eating a tire. Um, all, <laughs> all of these strange things. And like, I, I don't remember much about the episodes after this, but I wonder if that would have been more incorporated moving forward if they had gotten a renewal. It's a good question, especially you know we'll find out later in the series that they're they're going to make a uh, a point to say that all the Muppets who've been working backstage are now going to be on the show, which is a very Muppety concept. Mm-hmm. So once we get out of like okay, well we can't have Gonzo just get into a canon because he's the writer. Why would the writer get into a canon? So we kind of have to come up with a, like a reason for that in this episode. But later on, it would be um, a little bit more natural for Gonzo to just say like I'm going to do this crazy thing because it's going on the show. Yeah, doesn't matter if you're the writer or not. Doesn't matter what your job is. Um, well, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, but uh, we find out next in the episode that Miss Piggy is uh, angry at Gonzo naturally because he just ruined Miss Piggy's uh, song. Because oh, I forgot to mention while they were he was swinging around on the rope, the moon, the fake moon that was supposed to come into the set a scene while she was singing with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is now just swinging around wildly and it swings between the two of them at one mm-hmm. point. Uh, which I have to assume was faked somehow. Um, so she tells Gonzo 
uh, you're on my list. Uh, and she turns to Sweetums and says, same goes for you too. And he drops to his knees and goes, no! <laughs> I did write down just the note, Sweetums, no, is great. <laughs> it's just like such a good reaction moment. It was so good. Like, it was so good. Just so over the top, which I think really like sells it. Um, was it Vo- is it Matt Vogel playing Sweetums in the show? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think that just his like he just sells it by just going yep. for it. Yeah, completely agree. Um, here are the things, by the way, that you, that can get you on Miss Piggy's list: uh, breathing loud, showing weakness, eating BLTs with the B, and ruining her song. Uh, there's one way to get off of Piggy's list, and that is to buy some Piggy water. I mean, it's a clear-cut way to get off the list, at least. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> I wonder how much Piggy water costs. I was, literally, I, like a... I was literally about to say, I bet Piggy water is a lot of money, actually. <laughs> yeah, I bet it's like 18 bucks for a bottle Oh of my water. gosh, yeah. But I bet it tastes so good. Yeah. So buttery. Buttery sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned earlier that there's this poker game, um... That kind of is where our A-plot and B-plot sort of start to deviate. Um, because Rizzo and Pepe uh, want Scooter to play in their poker game because he's got really obvious tells, which is not surprising about Scooter. Um, and Scooter it was, was present for what happened to Gonzo, and he thinks that could have been me. And, you know, am I just completely wasting my life? That's so very fragile. Um, so at that point, Scooter is going to deviate um, goes into what's going to happen with the B plot. We're gonna we're gonna follow up with the B plot a little bit later, as opposed to going back and forth. We're gonna stick with with Gonzo and the rest of them for now. Mm. So keep listening to this podcast, folks. If you want to <laughs> hear what happens to Scooter. So uh, Rizzo says to Pepe, "We need another schnook to fleece, a patsy to swindle, a guy to rob." And Pepe doesn't understand any of yeah. that. Yeah, um, I rewound that three times because I thought it was really. I I can't really do it justice. A shook to fleece, a patsy to swindle, a guy to rob, and it's just like with his accent and Pepe's re- repeating it in his weird accent, and it's hysterical. Um, so they they finagle uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt to join them. Um, the other players in the game are Gonzo, Kermit, and Big Mean Carl. Oh, Big Mean Carl's so good in this. Like, he's great in this. His, he's yeah, like his just digging through like he, what is it like the check checks mix bowl, like, yep. and he's like it's just the round discs, and he's so upset about it. Those, the the rye discs or the rye chips are like the best part. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, so Kermit uh, is telling Joseph Gordon-Levitt that Gonzo used to be a daredevil. Um, he would do base jumping, motorcycles through fire, boarding a plane before his zone is called. Which I don't know if you've ever done that. I've done it, and man, it's terrifying. Like you're gonna get caught, you like in front of all these people. I don't think I've ever done it. I I go when they call me. <laughs> yeah. You're you're a good person. I guess so. <laughs> um, so for Gonzo, there's there's the stunt that got away, uh, which is uh, he was gonna get shot with a cannon over a gorge, which doesn't seem like. It's like Gonzo's done crazy stuff like that. It right? seems pretty basic. I mean, I guess if he's never done it because of the level of likelihood that he might die, I guess. But you would think that there would be something more to it, like fire or explosions or something. Yeah, or like he's got to be wearing a certain thing or doing a, doing something while being shot. Yeah. It's not a cannon, it's something else. I don't know. Yeah, it just felt very dull for Gonzo. And, and like apparently the reason he didn't do it was because like he lost his nerve. And like that doesn't seem like Gonzo at all. It definitely doesn't, no. That seems a little out of character. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens to him in a, in a little bit. Uh, 
there's a there's a scene here that I want to mention, just even though it's not really about the story. Um, Kermit uh, comes into Piggy's dressing room while she's doing going through like a beauty regimen, um, which Uncle Deadly says, ironically, it's not pretty. Uh, Kermit says uh, that they used to date. He's seen everything, and of course, he's shocked to see she's going through nasal electro contouring which seems to be like a mix of acupuncture and like electric shock therapy yeah Um, she's got like the the acupuncture needles all over her head and then she's got some kind of electroshock like conductors on her on her snout that go off every like 10 seconds or so there was, I think, there was someone off to the side. You only really see their hands. I think they're yeah, they're, they're they've got like it for the it. remote control, and they're hitting the switch again and right. again. Um, and it's funny because uh, I've I don't know if you've ever been to um, any kind of like physical therapy or or uh, chiropractor or anything like that. Uh, there is like this like electro muscle therapy. I think it is uh, that I've done many times. Oh. that feels amazing. Really. It's like it's the craziest thing. So like I, I I used to go to a chiropractor back when I was able to like go outside, and um, it's basically like they put these pads on your back and they're like, okay, I'm gonna turn up the the electric, you know, whatever it is, uh, and like I'm gonna keep, keep turning it up until you tell me it's too much, and I would just like lie there and go like, oh, oh my god, I can't take it. Okay, stop, 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 stop. And like they would leave it at that pulse for like 20 minutes, and it's like getting this massage through your back that feels so amazing, and like. I don't know if chiropractor chiropractory is real or not. Oops, I mangled <laughs> that word. Um, but uh, but man, it, it feels it feels amazing. Oh, so you know, weird. something I, to look forward to. I don't know if I knew that was like an actual thing. I you know, obviously, I I have some awareness of like electroshock for other things right. which maybe aren't quite as good. But um, that's interesting to hear that. Like, I'm assuming it like loosens the muscles. You yep, know, that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah, specifically for that, it was like they loosen the muscles so that when they like, you know, adjust, you know, the spine, it adjusts properly, and, and there's nothing in, in, you know, to hinder it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but also like they're not like sticking needles in me and then shocking me. That seems like another level. True. Yeah. I mean, in the in, I was reminded when I read the review before I I watched this episode, I did like make a note in my review about how, you know. Piggy is vain, and, like, I definitely, like, I get that she, you know, wants to look fabulous and beautiful all of the time. There is something in media about, like, women going through, like, such painful regimens to achieve beauty um, that, as a woman, I feel is a little, little overdone. Um, But also, at the same time, like, her, her reaction to getting shocked, and then she just, like, goes back to talking as if everything is normal and she wasn't just in pain, (laughs) is pretty good. Um... Yeah, so I had I had those conflicting feelings when watching, and that's sort of like the whole premise of like all the Piggy and Tay Diggs moments in Muppets Now, right? Yeah, I mean, when I mentioned earlier, I think it was less to do with Piggy Water and more to do with this moment that I was like kind of thinking ahead towards, um, mm-hmm. especially in Muppets Now when she's like, yeah, doing all of these crazy things or like making her eat things that she has no interest in eating because it's supposedly good for you. Um, you know, that's, it's, Piggy has grown a lot since the 70s and 80s, but at times I feel like she's maybe stuck in in the same joke looping over and over again, and we get it, and, you know, doing it occasionally is fine, but I did feel, I feel like that was one of my main problems with this show, definitely with Muppets now, is I, 
we don't see much growth from her at times in I mean maybe I guess she did have some like sensitive more vulnerable moments on the 2015 Muppets which I do remember appreciating but then it would feel like she kind of just went back to to this kind of joke over and over again yeah I I think we're gonna see a little bit more growth from Piggy later in the series it's not gonna come for a bit um I, I think I think we've got a little time before we get to see like a piggy that isn't um, completely vapid and or obnoxious, mm-hmm. depending on how you feel about piggy. Uh, but um, the purpose of the scene is just so that piggy will agree to let it, let Gonzo try this stunt uh, so that she can promote piggy water on the show, mm-hmm. and that's going to come back around as well. Delicious, delicious buttery p- piggy water. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Gonzo is suiting up for his stunt. I meant to look up to see the history of this, this outfit. He's wearing this, like, yellow, uh, daredevil outfit with, like, a red trim and wings, and I, I, I wonder, is this the same outfit that he wore in Muppets Take Manhattan? I don't remember. I, wasn't it white in Muppets Take Manhattan? I could be completely wrong. It did look similar to what he wears in Muppets Most Wanted. Not entirely, because that one has not doesn't have the helmet. And it's got like a hood when he's doing the running of the bulls. But it's very similar looking. Uh, I believe... Oh, you know what? I'm getting confused. So I believe the Muppets Take Manhattan... Oh, hey, here we go. I just Googled the Muppets Take Manhattan. It is not the, if not the same suit. It's very similar. Okay, cool. If not... Um, pattern exactly off of it so that's that's good to know i remember the in the muppets the 2011 movie um the daredevil outfit is bright pink yes which is not quite as it's it's bright pink with a cape isn't it yeah he's got a cape uh because it goes over his eyes when he jumps right um and then he's oh in the running for the bull the bulls i believe because uh i believe that's bright red i think that was the joke is it bright red oh it is okay i'm just confusing all of his outfits (laughs) That's the thing. And then there's also, like, the Palisades figure, which is yellow, but it's not the same yellow mm-hmm. suit as the one that he wears as Mom Takes Manhattan. Of all the Daredevil suits, uh, I w- if I had to choose, I do like this yellow one best. Also, I'm sure, I think he wore, like, a silver one on The Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have to go back and look at that. Uh, I don't know how iconic that one is, but I do like the yellow. I, I, I think it's cool, especially when that one has, like, this frill on top yeah. that gets into his eyes before he, he ski. He, goes off on the skis, which he doesn't have in this episode. Yeah, he's just he must have just a whole closet of all of his different daredevil suits from over the yeah. years. <laughs> Until they like get caught on fire or get torn or whatever. Yeah, destroyed. Um, so uh, Bobo says that Gonzo's doing this for everyone because uh, everyone wants to live out their dream, and Gonzo's actually going through with it. Um, for example, he always wanted to be a Chicago Bear. Not a football player, he just wanted to live in Chicago good food good people no pressure on the body image (laughs) it was a very like good bobo joke like it just you could see it he just wants to live in chicago eat a lot of food i like that it's not even like that exciting of a dream i love it um i'm sorry for all the people in chicago who (laughs) who just heard me say that um the other ones that we hear are not nearly as interesting sam's dream is to work in congress uh even though he can't get elected to his condo's board and chip's dream chip the it guy his dream is to bring joy by tap dancing across the world I don't know how either of those made it to the final cut of this episode. They're both so dull. Yeah, the Sam one seems really basic. Like, of course, of course he wants to be a politician in America. Like, that's everything that we know about Sam. Do, does I, does Chip's tap dancing ever come back? Because I feel like that joke would work if he just occasionally would have a reference to tap dancing in future Ooh. episodes. I, that's a good question. I don't think that we'll he to pay attention does, then. but yeah, you pay attention and maybe 
spotted out in future episodes. So Kermit tells Gonzo that um, he got uh, he, he got this whole thing greenlit uh, with Piggy. He got Dave Grohl to appear on the show to promote it. Um, the only thing is that uh, he needs to wear a new Daredevil suit that is branded with Piggy Water. And he has a new name. It is now The Great Gonzo, brought to you by Piggy Water. Mm-hmm. Even when answering the phone and stuff. <laughs> I like that. So Gonzo is now a walking billboard for Piggy Water. Although that seems like like Piggy agreeing to that is like, why would you why would you want Gonzo to be the guy? I get like that's your that's like the you know the hand that's been dealt to you, but at the same time it's like, man, isn't it, isn't he eventually just gonna I don't know cost you sales of Piggy Water? She's probably not thinking that far into the future. She's probably very much in the moment. She's like, yes, this will make me some money right now. Got to yeah, do that's this. a good point. Yeah, yeah, very Trump stakes. <laughs> yes, very very <laughs> much so. Uh, so Gonzo checks out the cannon with Bunsen and Beaker, and like I, I don't know about you, it's interesting to see Gonzo and Bunsen in a scene together. I don't, I'm sure it's happened before, but it's it's super rare. They're both performed by Dave. Goals. Yeah, yeah. I I can't think of you know outside of like the Muppet movie and like other uh, films where they're just in scenes together because there's a big crowd. I can't think of any right. Yeah one-on-one interaction very much maybe there yeah. maybe there's a muppet labs but i can't even remember any so yeah that's what i was gonna say it's like maybe like if anything i could see gonzo kind of going into muppet labs because they're working on some crazy thing that he's interested in you know maybe they did like a like a web short or uh mm-hmm. you know or it's a muppets tonight thing that i don't remember um I don't know, someone can correct us and, and let us know if they ever had, like, a significant scene together. But, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just an interesting little combination of characters. Yeah, definitely. It's one of the things that you can get away with when you've got, like, a million Muppets to play with. Yeah. Even though, like, you know, we keep using the same four over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> so they're testing the cannon, and uh, they've built a gonzo out of fruit um, that they have put into the cannon to test it. Uh, Bunsen tells Gonzo, you know, if we have to make sure that all the, you know, everything is perfect, and if not, then this is what's going to happen. And they shoot it off the roof, and it splatters on the ground. Gonzo says, so you're saying that if everything doesn't go perfectly, I'll be a fruit smoothie? And Bunsen says, no, you'll be a flesh and blood smoothie. That Science! That did make <laughs> me laugh out loud. I forgot about that line, and it's very, it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, and it's kind of satisfying to see Bunsen kind of unintentionally torturing someone other than Beaker. True, yeah, we don't see that much. It's usually solely Beaker. Beaker yeah. Beaker didn't even get hurt in this episode. I mean, he's only in that no. one scene, but he all he does is, like, I think Beaker's the one that puts the, the gonzo fruit into the cannon, and then he, he is unharmed, miraculously. We don't. How often do we see Beaker without him getting hurt at all? Yeah, it's true. And, uh... You would think, like, if this was a different type of sketch or a different type of episode or different writers, that maybe Beaker would have, like, found his way into the cannon and he would have been the one that would, you know, go flying and go splat against the wall or something. Um, that would have obviously undone, like, Gonzo's fear because he would have seen Beaker's fine because we're not going to murder Beaker in this episode. Oh, but we've come so close to murdering Beaker in so <laughs> many episodes, so it's only a matter it's of true. time. Beaker is equally indestructible to Gon- as Gonzo. They have to be, right. yeah. Um, yeah, that does feel like... I guess that maybe is like slightly a missed opportunity of like Beaker getting hurt in the cannon somehow, or even like getting in it and then it tilting the other way and like shooting him into a wall. But, oh, that would have been funny. 
Yeah. Or suit shooting is straight up and he plummets back onto the roof. Yeah. Or, or he, like, maybe he lights his arm on fire when he tries to light the fuse. Ooh, yeah. That's seems... a lot of things they could have done. I, uh, To be fair, fair, I'm not saying this because it's things I would prefer. Actually, I think the way they did it was fine. I think so as well. And I think so, it's, it probably was the reason that you said they were like, oh, but if he gets in and he gets shot across or something, like, maybe Gonzo would be less nervous about the whole thing. And he, the, sure. the fruit splattering, like, really has to resonate with him a bit more. Yeah. But Gonzo is nervous. He's he's having second thoughts about this this very dull stunt. Um, he he tries to get out of it by by telling Sam, who I guess is like the the censor, like the, or he's from standards and practices or something. Um, he says there's a ninety nine point nine percent chance it's going to end in an explosion of fur, and Sam says, "How exciting!" Um, because <laughs> that sort of mayhem keeps the lights on on at the network. Um, but he does ask that when Gonzo hits the wall and explodes, he doesn't curse. I did think that that was the epitome of, like, American censorship, like, with what we, we get in our media, of how, like, we're totally cool with, like, guns, and, like, we're so desensitized from violence, but also, like, no swearing or nudity, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, a little bit of nudity. A little bit. But no swearing. A little bit of nudity, you know, for the, for the male gaze, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, it's very weird to hear Sam just be like, like, that's exciting. Like that violence. That sounds exciting. Um, I, I don't know if, if that's necessarily how Frank Oz would have performed that Mm -hmm. in like on the Muppet show, but the follow up does make it worthwhile. Like that's, that's a good Sam line that like, you know, it's like, yeah, as long as you don't curse, that's fine. Yeah. And from what I remember, this show took a lot of like leaps with Sam. Like they really tried to kind of like vary him up more because he has been like so one note for so long and they were like, well, let's see if we can do something different with him. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem of the show too is the Muppets have always had such a huge cast of characters that it was okay that we had some characters that were one note. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't, we didn't need to know like everything about Lou Zealand's backstory. It's like, he's a guy who throws boomerang fish. That's enough. Like if you want, you want some compelling character work it's like you got a whole cast over there that you can play with but like just let Luke Zealand be the weird guy who throws boomerang fish Sam worked really well as a two-dimensional character I do I do appreciate that they're flushing him out a bit for the show but he still worked fine as just this like judgy angry guy who didn't get his way totally and I mean there were a lot of background characters like Deadly comes to mind who you know wasn't quite one note but was definitely underdeveloped and they took him and they made him into this like now fan favorite character um yeah so yeah it is interesting to see like the characters who who got the growth and who who didn't and like you know if they if it felt warranted at times because like yeah there's i don't even know if like we didn't get any like much of Lou zealand or crazy harry or anybody right on this show no, no, yeah. a little blips, but but barely anything. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if we had gotten a second season, we'd find out like why where Luke gets all of his fish. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Where, where's the where's the boomerang fish market? Yeah. Where's he getting mm. all of the money? All of his fish money. I mean, he works as a like a grip on the show. I guess <laughs> he's doing something back there in the background. I guess. Yeah. I assume they pay him in money. <laughs> and he just spends he it all fish. on fish. I mean, everyone's got to have a hobby. Yep. So, uh, Gonzo's scared of doing this stunt, it, which doesn't still doesn't work for me. Um, Kermit tells him it's okay if he's scared, and they decide to to cancel the stunt. Um, Piggy says on the air due to weather conditions. Um, I don't know. Like, he, well, here's the thing. Before we we get into like the stunt itself, 
how do you see like who Gonzo is and like how he performs these stunts by which I mean like is it that he feels no pain is it that he's fearless is it that he is so overly consumed with with art or 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 excitement that he overlooks all these things like what like what's your kind of headcanon for Gonzo I mean I feel like it's a combination of all of those things I think he definitely feels pain because like I feel like he is a little bit of a masochist and kind of likes and enjoys the pain um you know and I feel like he even has a line in the Muppet show about how like pain is art something Mm. along those lines you know that sounds like a Gonzo thing and so they kind of go hand in hand where he's like yeah there's gonna be pain but I I need there to be pain so that this art is truly remarkable and really stands out. Um, and, you know, I think a little bit, bit about what we had already talked about, about, like, Gonzo's growth over the years. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know, because I'm not, yeah, I don't know quite where he's at at this point of the show when it comes to, like, everything that he's gone through over the years. And, you know, with... I don't know. I don't even know how to put it into words. Yeah, that's okay. And and the the answer may be like it's it's everything and nothing at the same time. Like it can it can be any number of these things, which allows Gonzo to be this you know flexible character for different types of productions. Um, the problem I'm having though is you know although I want to allow this sitcom to like kind of make their own rules for how Gonzo reacts to stunts or why he wants to perform these stunts or whatever it is it goes against so much of what we've already established about the character that like they want us to know who this character is before the series starts like he's he's got a long history we can't ignore that um but like this is a guy who's already done a bunch of crazy stunts and so what is it about this that makes him nervous is it just plummeting well he's plummeted before you know is it being in a cannon is it landing in a in a pool full of of water like i i don't i don't know what with the issue yeah i would have liked a little bit more justification of why he was so nervous i do agree like because yeah he's done he's done so many things and he's been flung around buildings and i'm sure he's probably toppled off buildings before and you they're the muppets and so they're not going to die obviously (laughs) um so it does it does feel out of place and or like more backstory of why like maybe it's it's been so long since he did the stunts like it really kind of is just brushed to the side with like oh yeah gonzo used to do be a daredevil but it never dives into why he stopped um and yeah and then it comes back to this particular stunt where it does feel very not creative of him just being shot out of a cannon which we know he's been shot out of cannons before and why this time this particular one makes him so scared when he, yeah and why he's never been scared by doing something like this before yeah well while gonzo is kind of having this this crisis of conscience uh we see a little bit from up late with miss piggy and we see th- that her latest guest is the one and only dave grohl mm. famous musician from nirvana and the foo fighters and you know dave grohl um <laughs> Dave, uh, he uh, has a couple of good Muppet connections, uh, including uh, appearing in Sesame Street, uh, their 50th anniversary season, not not the special, the season, um, singing a song called Here We Go with Big Bird and Elmo. Um, And then, of course, he appeared in The Muppets, the movie, uh, as Animal, uh, one of Fozzie's uh, Pachulo Casino Muppets. Muppets. The Muppets. Um, And I wonder, is Dave Grohl the only person... Uh, sorry, the only celebrity to appear in both the Muppets and the Muppets. 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I don't remember all of the guest stars on this show, so I can't speak to it. But that's a that's maybe something you're gonna have to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I, yeah, we'll see. I did remember him from the Muppets. I really like his cameo in that. It's it's very good. Um, it's very silly. He's having a good time. You don't need much. That's a good. That's a good cameo. Um, yeah. This show, I feel like the cameos are odd because we don't have a lot of time to spend with them. It's not like back on the Muppet Show where we've got 22 minutes to fill. And the guest star is going to be in like two sketches and two songs or whatever throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like we have literally about 30 seconds of Dave Grohl here. Um, he uh, he goes up to the Electric Mayhem and he says, do you guys remember how we did in rehearsal? And Janice says, oh, we'd like to do it different from rehearsal. <laughs> and Grohl says, so why did we rehearse? And Floyd says, well, if we didn't rehearse, there'd be nothing to do it different from. And so Dave says, actually, I dig that. And they share a moment and they sing learn to fly the Foo Fighters song because Gonzo was supposed to be flying in this canon um, while he's playing uh, Gonzo feels inspired that, about flying and he decides to go for it and Kermit follows him outside and, and this is an interesting moment where he he gets in the cannon he lights it and he shoots himself you know across the studio lands into a bucket of piggy water and you know it's the cameras aren't running like he's not doing it for an audience uh except for kermit who just happens to be there he's doing it for himself um which i I kind of like you know i I have different opinions about um you know if this was supposed to be in the name of art can you have art without an audience uh that's more of a philosophical question i think but um but the fact that he did this for himself he needed to prove it to himself that he could do it he's not afraid it's something that he loves is a this is a part of him. Um, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I think it's a really sweet moment to end on. And maybe that's like what it comes down to. And maybe that's they should have layered that a bit more was that maybe he just felt the pressure because it was going to be on television and he felt like he had to live up to this name that he had for so long. But yeah, in the end, it just needed to be for him. Um, and I, I think that like both the, the scene in the bar and this ending scene between him and Kermit is it's very sweet. It's very nice. Just like... You gotta just see them be friends, which we don't, we haven't really gotten to see in a long time with just like Gonzo and Kermit. And I feel like maybe the one thing that's missing that I kind of wish was in the episode was Fozzie. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I miss, this... I feel like we don't get the trio much these days, and I miss like their relationship. And it would have been like kind of nice to also have Fozzie up on the roof at the end. But um... that's a good point. Um, this the Muppet Wiki tells me this is only one of two episodes that Fozzie Bear is not in at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, after he splashes in the piggy water, uh, Kermit is across the street, and he's going, you did it! And Gonzo says, I'm Gonzo the Great! And Kermit says, no, you're Gonzo the Greatest! Which I think is a great line. Very, I like that a lot. It's really nice. That's a nice moment. And they have a little cheer, and Kermit does his yay, and Gonzo takes a sip of the piggy water, and it's delicious. Uh, even though he's in it. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's oh, on gross. brand for him, you know. Oh, for sure. But like, also, like, don't drink your own bathwater, kids. That's a bad <laughs> idea. Um, the episode ends during the the credit sequence with a drum battle between Dave Grohl and Animal. Um, I remember watching this for the first time and going, ugh, <laughs> because Animal has done so many drum battles with with people that like it's not interesting, it's not clever, and it's definitely not new. Um, he did two drum battles on The Muppet Show, one with Harry Belafonte, one with Buddy Rich. He did one with Questlove uh, from The Roots on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. He did one with 
Blink 182's Travis Barker on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and he did one with Fallout Boy's Andy Hurley on like some sort of Radio Disney award show, which I'm not really sure what it was, but it's a thing that he did. And it's just like it just seems like such a gimme. Like let them play drums, and then you know they'll tire themselves out, or something will explode, or in this case, they they end up knocking all the drum pieces on the ground. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I wonder if, like, it was maybe even suggested by Dave Grohl. Because I imagine if you're a drummer, the idea of playing drums against animal is actually like, yeah, I want to do that. That would be so cool. And so I I wonder if it was maybe pitched by him even just, like, because he wanted to have that experience. But I guess they could have done something different. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty meh for me. Like, I get it. We've seen it before, as you listed off. But... It doesn't feel like a total miss, but it does feel like they could have done something a little different to end the episode on. Yeah. I mean, maybe if I cared more about, like, the art of drumming, then I would have found that interesting. But instead, I'm just, like, watching two guys, you know, one of which is, like, fake playing the drums, technically. And they're just kind of, like, you know, playing an instrument, and then it's over. You know? That's that's kind of it. So I, I have to assume that there's more that you can do with drums, um, but you're probably right that, that that may have been something that Dave Grohl had asked for. Um, and, you know, it kind of harkens back to the old Muppet Show days where they would ask the guest stars, like, okay, who's your favorite Muppet? We'll try to, like, write a scene for you with them. And Dave Grohl may have been like, look, I played Animal in the Muppets movie, and uh, I didn't get a scene with him at that time. And so now it's like, I really, I love, he's a, he's a drummer. Like, of course he wants to do a scene with Animal. Yeah. And what else are he going to do? So that's the end of the the main storyline. We're going to talk very briefly about the B plot, which features Scooter. Remember Scooter? We talked about him a while ago. I loved Scooter on this show. I that's another memory I had about going through the Muppets is that I thought that like their use of Scooter was pretty great throughout. Like he got to shine quite a lot. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Um, not everyone agrees with that. Um, some people didn't love the whole the stuff with like his mom and Ken and. Like, they kind of made him into, like, this, like, nebbishy guy. Yeah, I, I feel like... I love it. I remember that, like, a lot of, like, discourse about that. And I feel like some of it was hit or miss for me. There was just a couple moments, though, that I remember, like, just finding very funny. Yeah. Well, in this one, uh, like I, like we said earlier, you know, after Gonzo's uh, accident at the beginning of the episode, he feels like, you know, that could have been him. And, you know, he's got to take control of his life. He's got to take some chances, take some risks. So he goes to visit the Electric Mayhem. And um, <laughs> first of all, there's a, there's a moment before he walks in the room where uh, they have the fake moon from the, the opening scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, and Zoot is looking at it and he says, is that the real moon or just a department store one? And Floyd says, ain't no real moon, not since the 70s. <laughs> Which, again, like, not everyone loves the fact that Floyd has become, like, this weird conspiracy theorist on the show. I think it's hysterical. That, like, he doesn't think the moon is real. And, like, I, what happened in the 70s? That there, there was a moon <laughs> and there was not? I think it's used just, like, the right amount, where it's just, like, a throwaway line occasionally, and I think that that it, it ends up working out. And then, like, Zoot's, like, just asking if that's the real moon is very, it's very on brand. It's very good. I completely agree. I love all that stuff. And I, I also, now that I'm thinking about it, like when he says not since the 70s, do you think that means that Scooter, I'm sorry, that Floyd um, knows that there was a real moon in 1969 and that the moon landing was real? Like of all the conspiracy theories that he could believe in, but it's like, but that one, no, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> you don't fake a moon landing. Yeah, I guess so. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, in any case, Scooter tells the Electric Mayhem, he's like, I don't want to play it safe anymore. He's like, I want to live like you guys, on the edge. And so Dr. T's suggestion is, here's what you do. He says, you leave home at the age of 14, you make your way down to Tupelo, Mississippi, where you're going to find a voodoo princess named Tiana, who'll give you a gold tooth and lessons in the rhythms of love. <laughs> Which I guess now we have a backstory for Dr. Teeth, assuming that's he's talking about himself. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's where the gold tooth came from. And now we, yeah, TMI on Dr. Teeth, I guess. Yeah. Um, Lips, in, with, a, with a rare line from Lips, uh, suggests that, well, if he's going to do that, he's going to need a time machine, because Scooter is long past 14. Um, so Floyd tells him he's got a friend, friend named Eddie who lives in the desert that has a time machine. Very matter of fact. No follow-up. Of course he has a time machine. Um, Zoot says that he uses the time machine on weekends. He gets in on a Friday, comes out on Saturday. The whole thing takes about a day. Which, you know, I I guess we're all in a time machine right now. Isn't yeah. that special? By, by that logic, yeah, we're all like time travelers and going through time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Janice uh, makes the winning suggestion that um, he should pierce his ear. He's got nice lobes she says. Uh, Scooter says that Chad from his spin class has an earring, and the way he rides, you can tell he doesn't give a hoot. <laughs> so he's going to do it! He's going to get his ear pierced! Um, later in the episode, we get the ear piercing scene. Um, Janice puts an ice cube to his ear, and he says like that it's the worst pain he ever felt. So, you know, maybe he shouldn't have a needle pierced through his skin. I don't yeah. know. Just me. Um, and then, like, there's a weird moment where, like, animals, like, chewing ice next to him, which is just annoying and, I don't know, kind of makes my, my molars vibrate, just thinking about it. I have the bad habit of chewing ice. It's not, it's not good <laughs> for your teeth. You shouldn't do it. it. It is not. Don't chew ice, kids. Animal can chew ice, because that guy eats glass, man. Yeah. Uh, so every time she tries to pierce his ear, he just, like, his head just kind of flings to the side. I'm doing this in real life as if people can hear this. This is a podcast. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> he's got, like, these, these head spasms. And she's, like, just trying to get him to hold his head still. So Dr. Teeth offers to, like, hold his head, which makes sense because he's the only one of the electric mayhem who has, like, live hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Scooter's still spasming. Um, and then... Uh, he kind of does this like weird karate thing and Animal jumps on his back and Scooter flips him and like runs and like it's like chaos like I don't know what Scooter's doing he's like when I say karate thing he's like like putting on, like making a pose and going like ha 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 I agree the karate thing is like definitely out of character for him I, but he is like in such like a it's fight or flight and he's like kind of in both where he is both fighting and flighting because he's like never mind <laughs> I made a terrible decision I need to get away yeah uh, I, I totally buy that from him. Like, he's... This is not a guy who should get out of his comfort zone. And here he is way out of his comfort zone. Exactly, <laughs> so yeah. he's panicking. Yeah, and yeah, the karate part's a little weird, but I do find, like, the the comedic, like, the physical comedy of this, like, pretty good. Like, with Dr. Tre- Teeth trying to hold his head and Janice trying to, like, pierce his ear. And then, like, his just total, like, physical freak out. It's, it's yeah, it's got some good comedy elements to it it's pretty good um later on in the episode he comes back to apologize uh but the electric mayhem all say that they liked it um they they had a great time yeah just fighting him off uh he they said uh he can come back and toss the wild man anytime which i know we're talking about animal but that does sound like 
like they're offering him heroin or something. Like is that is that a euphemism for something? Oh, like, oh yeah, you come, like we're that. gonna come out over to the Electric Mayhems and toss the wild man. Yeah, I mean, who knows with the Electric Mayhem? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think about that one too hard. That was uh, <laughs> I don't know where my brain went on that. Um, Janice says that his aura went from yellow to indigo. Um, and so, yeah, Scooter is really proud of getting out of his comfort zone and living on the edge for once. Um, but then he says, you're not going to tell my mom, are you? And that's where our B-plot ends. It kind of ends with a whimper, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Like, that one, like, there was a line earlier in the episode where he talks about how his mom wakes him up to, like, gentle James Taylor tunes. And I liked that a lot more <laughs> than the, like, oh, but don't tell my mom, you know, final yeah, line of it. Yeah, right. And, like, I'm not really sure what the lesson the Scooter learned here is. Like, he tried to get out of his comfort zone. He had a panic attack. And that was getting out of his comfort zone. Like, it, he didn't really accomplish anything. Yeah. He feels like he did, which is which is a bit of accomplishment. But, yeah. Now that you say that, like, I guess his accomplishment was that he successfully hung out with the Electric Mayhem. And he didn't freak <laughs> them out when he freaked out. But, yeah, I right. guess he didn't really learn anything about himself. Just that he will never get an ear pierced, probably. Probably not, no. No. Um, I mean, the guy hasn't changed his, his style of eyeglasses in 40 years, so <laughs> he's yeah. not getting an earring. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the episode of The Muppets. So now that we've, we've revisited the whole thing, um, how do you feel like this episode compared to the first time you watched it five years ago? I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's five years ago, so it's so hard to say exactly where I was at, but like, I seem to, to enjoy it based off of rereading my review on it. Um, and I, I think I enjoyed it probably just as much it's maybe a little strange watching it without the context of the previous episodes since i haven't been going through them um although they are kind of standalone episodes most of the time so it, i didn't feel too like thrown into a plot or anything like that you know yeah there's nothing you need to know beforehand yeah <laughs> this one yeah i mean denise wasn't even in this episode which is the one big thing i remember in in the lead up to the muppets um right yeah but it's it's good. It's funny. It's a lot of fun. Um, I have a lot of sentimental feelings towards Gonzo. So watching him kind of like, you know, he's always been kind of the sensitive Muppet of the group. And he has had like moments of self-doubt in the past. And so it didn't feel too out of the realm of possibility. And so getting to see him kind of overcome that and do the stunt at the end does fill me with a great amount of joy. So overall... Um. I, I agree with all that, especially, you know, the growth of the character, um, you know, for me, having watched the last few episodes and seeing how, like, Gonzo wasn't quite being Gonzo, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I It's hard for me to remember exactly how I felt after watching this one for the first time five years ago. I seem to remember feeling like, oh, they're starting to fix the problems. They're starting to like, like bring Gonzo back, back to the old, the old guy that we love. And now that I'm watching it today, just kind of noting that Gonzo isn't like he's not really becoming the old Gonzo. Like he's, they're giving him one characteristic of who he was, and not even like committing to it. Yeah, they're just kind of like saying like, oh, he's a guy who got into a cannon once, and you know. That's okay. Again, like that's a step in the right direction. But um, we're going to be seeing over the next few weeks of this podcast if they're going to follow through or not. So I guess we'll find out. Totally, yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Muppets, the sitcom, the podcast. 
If you want more Muppet fun, please visit us at toughpigs.com. We are on all the coolest social media channels, including Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and YouTube and things. Uh, Julia, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, plugging myself. Um, my handle on, I believe, both Instagram and Twitter is at geekgirlgrownup. I'm rarely on Twitter. It's usually either for self-promotion or if I need to rant about something. Uh, I am pretty active on Instagram. Um, you, yeah, and I, I post poetry on the internet sometimes. You get published. If you look up Julia Gaskell poetry, you'll find some. That's, that's about it. And then read Tough Great. Pigs. I write for Tough Pigs occasionally. Terrific. Yes, please read Topics. Yes. Uh, so thank you for listening to this show. Please give us a good rating and tell all of your friends that it's the best podcast you've ever heard and they really need to, they're behind the times. Like, guys, come on, just listen to the Topics podcast. Um, and uh, thank you so much to the sponsor for this show, Piggy Water. It's buttery good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.